Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. You know the story, but uh, it's, 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 it's a fun one to relate, if not fun at least. Maybe, maybe consoling, maybe, maybe a sense of continuity will be elicited by repeating this story. One way or the other, I shall. Uh, and that is that there are two links that you'll find when you go to that homepage. And the first being the podcast link. You're listening to the first show on that link, at least if you're listening to it, uh, well, I, I can't predict the future, uh, and I'm not going to start getting into, uh, into uh, uh, the, the theoretical physics about the nature of time, but odds are uh, you're listening to this show right now, and you may be listening to it because it was the first show you found on our podcast feed, or or you're listening to it as a radio loop. And that is to say that you're listening to the version of this show that's running on a separate computer here in the studio, and the show is running in a loop. And it gives you kind of an analog feeling about, about listening to us. You kind of... You well, you don't quite turn the dial, but you hit the link, and, and you got to think maybe, maybe as you hit the link, kind of move your hand in a, in a circular twisting motion, go through the analog motions of it, and imagine that you're turning on your radio and picking us up wherever in the show we happen to be. Get interested, enjoy what we're talking about, want to find out how we got to that point, the point that you, when you started off, well, Wait till the end of the show. Wait maybe three or four seconds after that, and the show starts over again. You see, it's in a loop, kind of like uh, exactly what you would hope uh, you would have uh, to find out what happened, but you kind of got there in a sort of analogish, radioish way, hence the words. Radio Loop. One way or the other, we're glad you're with us. It's Friday, the 11th of August. Uh, it is one of those Fridays, as most Fridays are, when David Bach will be joining us during our second segment. We look forward to his comments on everything, and boy, there's a lot of things to talk about. And as always, we're focused on uh, the politics and, I, you know, and again, you know, we, we, we talk of center-left radio as the progressive voice of uh, hope, politics, and jazz. Let me, let me go back to two words in that statement, uh, the progressive and hope. We are not progressive in terms of uh, the meaning of that word as it applies to uh, the extreme left edge of democratic politics. We are progressive in the sense, in the original sense of that word, uh, as it applied to the type of governance process that Teddy Roosevelt, uh, or that, that became associated with Teddy Roosevelt, the progressivism. 
which is to say that you emphasize the fact that people get together in a room from all stripes, all politics, all, all political parties, all different points of view, everybody having an interest in a political, political, uh, a particular political uh, situation. A debate is required, okay? That debate takes place in an agreed a format in place, everybody uh, slugs it out as best they can, but everybody also knows that ultimately a solution will have to be reached in which no one gets everything. It is called compromise. It is not a dirty word. It is not zero-summing everyone else. It is not negating the other side. It is not ignoring the wishes and wills of everyone over a trumped-up notion that if we don't get it all and get it all now, we'll never have it again, and the world will end if we don't get our way. No, that's panic politics. That's the stuff of Donald. That's what he has sold, uh, apparently, to, uh, I guess, for, for lack of a better way of uh, describing the group that buys into that, the base, the red meat Republican base, the MAGA base, still out there. It's, it's contracting. Uh, it, and it will more and more, but they live under the impression, they live with the notion that if you don't get it all this time around, and this time around could be any time around, but the, the this time that they're talking about now, of course, is the, the 2024 elections. Uh, it was the 2020 election before that 2022. It's every election cycle. If we don't take it all and destroy the other side completely, and, if, and by the way, since we have to do it that way, any tactic is permissible. Okay, that's, that, is, that is unacceptable. That is the antithesis of progressivism. That is not even within the realm of democracy. It's not even within the realm of the constitutional structure we live in. If you have to destroy the other side, if necessary, to get what you want, and there are no rules... I can, I can do anything I have to because it is literally a matter of political or personal life and death, however you, however you want to present this, then, then basically nothing applies to me. Donald, of course, does that now, and he's going to be doing it more and more as he gets deeper and deeper into his criminality and the cases that are coming up. And if, they, if, and if they go after me, I'm, on, I'm the only thing standing between you and them, and they really want to go after you. And if you let them go after me, they'll come after you, so you must protect me. And, of course, that's a great political statement. It's, it's a call to arms and a, a, a not very difficult one to interpret, but has nothing, nothing whatsoever to do with his case in court. And there are judges, there are good judges out there. We're not talking about, uh, you know, Eileen Cannon, who was a, a I'm, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to get to this point. She's a jerk. She has no idea what she's doing, except that whatever she does wrong has to go in Trump's favor. So we'll forget about Eileen Cannon for now, but then we have, 
Then we have, uh, we have Judge Chuckin in, in, in Washington who basically understands that a criminal trial is best uh, when things go well and things are for the best when, and justice is best served when there is an expeditious uh, trial process and a trial schedule set out. Right now uh, we have uh, a recent uh, request coming right now from Jack Smith that the trial for the January 6th crimes, that set of crimes uh, coming from Donald Trump begins on Jan should begin on January 2nd of 2024. That would put it exactly two weeks, I think, before the Republican Iowa caucuses. Um, and, you, and you must keep something in mind about all this, by the way. Uh, you know, you say, oh, so the trial's starting. Well, Donald never showed up for any of this. No, this is a criminal trial. And with a criminal trial, the defendant must be in the courtroom, okay? And especially a trial of this magnitude. Donald will be in court every day that the court is in session for as long as the court is in session. And so just, just work this out. And you can imagine that what he would attempt to do would be to take whatever happened in court that day. He will begin to merge the events of the day in court with campaigning. He would, if allowed, turn around and take whatever was said by uh, the prosecution on a given day and begin accusing them of lying and trashing them and threatening them. You got to threaten, otherwise it, it doesn't count, you see, for Donald. Someone has to be threatened. Somebody, it has to be life and death. This is what, is what has to happen in Donald's world. There has to be that much tension generated uh, over what is happening at, at, that, at, at that very moment. It can't be about uh, running the country. It can't be about uh, doing the business of the people. No, it must be getting, it must be about a zero summing of the other side. And, and this is what makes the rest of today so incredibly interesting to me. Uh, there is going to be a hearing these things always seem to be happening uh, after we're recording the show. We're doing the show quite early in the morning as we normally do here. But somewhere, I, I, I'm not sure what time it's going to be. It's going to be in Washington, D.C. And, and just to reiterate how we got to this point, and there's going to be so much of this, so much of this type of thing going forward. And, and, and keeping up with it, yes, is going to be the, the fixation and, the, and, the, and, the, and, and just the, 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 the uh, obsession, maybe, of those of us who are involved in, in political speech and, 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 and discussing these things. But nonetheless, at some time this afternoon, uh, the judge in the Washington, D.C. case I keep saying, I keep saying, Chuck, is it Chutkin? Is that her name? I think, I think that's her name. The judge will basically be hearing uh, the, the both sides uh, of, a, uh, of, a, of a, not sequestration, it's a protective order. 
And protective orders basically are used uh, to keep evidence under control during a criminal, or, a criminal trial. They are common. You don't want uh, evidence that basically must be available to both sides, but you don't want it coming out into the public, especially when that evidence could either prejudice or, or uh, frighten potential jurors and influence potential witnesses in the case at hand. So a protective order controls how evidence is, is handled, how it is shared, how it is exchanged between and among the parties in the, especially in the developmental phases of the trial. Now, since, try it, try it here. Since Jack Smith is asking for January 2nd as the starting point of the January 6th documents trial, it'll have been, my goodness, at that point, it'll have been three years three years since the events of the trial. There would have been uh, something like a thousand different cases that had already been uh, decided one way or the other. People either uh, pled guilty or uh, some were acquitted, but I think like a thousand different rioter uh, insurrectionist cases have been decided, will have been decided or more by the time we get to that point. So, so much happening on the judicial front but finally getting to the perpetrator, the guy who, in whose name the entire thing was done, the guy who felt that January 6th was the end of the world, that if we don't do this, he, he convinced his followers that this is our last chance to keep the world from ending, keep America from imploding, stop them from taking it all away from us. That's the message. And essentially, all is permissible in my name. You're doing this to defend yourself, really, but the way you're defending yourself is essentially by defending me because they have to come through me to get to you. They can't come to you directly. And the irony of that being, of course, that you wouldn't have anyone coming at you if you just ignore my stupidity and my provocations and my insanity and my narcissism. No one would be coming after you because you would have not committed any crimes in my name. But be that as it may, that is essentially the Trump storyline. You have to get people all revved up and roused up to protect you and under the under the stupid uh, rubric the notion that by protecting Donald you're saving yourself or some such insanity well let's say the trial is going to start on January 2nd well there's a whole bunch of material that's going to go back and forth and it, it's supposed to be going back and forth starting right now but the problem is uh, the, uh, uh, the, the prosecution in this case, Jack Smith and his team, said that we don't trust. We don't trust that the defendant. The, de the defendant has shown that he doesn't have the capacity to basically respect 
the, the nature of the evidence that's out there. He doesn't respect the notion of, 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 of jury tampering or witness tampering or infecting a jury pool or supporting the rule of law for purposes of having a swift and speedy trial in the interest of justice being served by a rapid and thorough trial. He doesn't have any of that in his mind. In fact, he has precisely the opposite. His goal is to delay this as long as possible. His only hope, he knows he doesn't have the law on his side in any of these cases, so his only hope is to delay this whole thing long enough and hopefully some weird confluence of events, some uprising, some, some weird reaction that no one is really quite anticipating will take place that in some weird way will give the election to Donald. Maybe there'll be an even more bizarre playing out of what happened on the original January 6th in 2021. Maybe, maybe there'll be a bigger effort to, to, to overthrow the government. Maybe the whole vote counting thing will get really out of hand. Who knows? But, but something will happen. And it's, the, and, and it's the only shot he's got. You're talking about desperation here. You're talking about, I'm all you've got. No, you're all I've got. Your insanity, you're willing to follow me absolutely unquestioningly. You're willing to at least tacitly say that you'll do whatever you want to do. And the way you express your intermediate, intermediate faith in me is by giving me money to pay my legal bills, which I, of course, if I had the money I claim I have, should be able to pay readily. But no, I would rather you paid for it all. That's going to be another question, whether the, the procurement of those funds is being done under false pretenses. He obviously knows he lost the election. He claims, he still claims he won. His defense in the Fannie Willis thing, which he's putting out right now, he's doing ads in Georgia in anticipation of an uh, indictment coming down next week now, it seems, from Fannie Willis. He's putting out ads that basically lambast her, lie about her, are implicitly threatening to her, are attempting to basically influence witnesses and influence potential jurors, all of that stuff. And we get back again to a hearing that's taking place this afternoon in Washington, D.C., before the judge that is handling the January 6th indictment against Trump. And the question on the table is, what are the restrictions that must exist in terms of the information going back and forth? How is Donald going to be restricted? Can Donald keep going on air day by day, taking whatever the hell is, has come his way, twist it, lie about it, say someone did something else with it, throw it out there at the public, and basically just completely not only manipulate but mangle the truth in every way he can. Can he do that now that he is in a trial mode? It's a pre-trial mode, but it's, it, he's under the control of a judge. He is on bail, essentially. His freedom is in the hands of a federal judge. He could just as well 
be sitting in a prison right now awaiting his trial? Were he considered a flight risk or any other number of dangerous things? Or were he in contempt of an order of the court, of the judge? He could just as well, under our federal rules, and they're, they're applicable to everybody, find his ass in jail until the trial begins. That would be normal. It happens with, with gang types. It happens with, with, with the organized crime types. There's nothing new about that. So the hearing today is within that sphere, within, within that realm. Will Donald be able to do whatever the hell he wants, or must there be some restrictions on the information that will invariably come his way as information is exchanged between the government and his defense attorneys. Well, obviously, obviously, common sense dictates that Donald must, there must be restrictions. A, the, the first thing, and the, this is the obvious thing, the first thing that the government is insisting is that if any information has to be shared with Donald, and he is a defendant, his lawyers have to tell him what's, what, what's coming, what he can anticipate happening. If there is information to be shared with him, it is shared in documentary or, or computer form in, with the lawyer's presence and Donald present together, but no other means of recording that information is given to him. He cannot have a copy of it, electronic, paper, or otherwise, nor may he disseminate information that is out there. His sole reason for receiving or reviewing the information of the government is for the preparation of his defense. Were he any other defendant, the reason why he would be seeing this material would be for the preparation of his defense. So his lawyers could say, well, look, the government's going to say this, this, and this. Did you, what, what's your reaction to it? Okay, let's plan your, uh, you know, your, your uh, testimonial reaction to all this. Okay? That's what it's for. It's not so, oh, I just heard about this, and it's what they're attempting to do is this, 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 and I will, th and if anyone tries to do that to me, if anyone tries to bring that up, I will have you, and their all is between me and you, and, and, and a basically threaten. They're lying. They're no good. This, you got to get this guy. Smith is a lie. You, you see, that can't, that can't happen. That can't be allowed. And I, and I am confident that assuming that Judge Chuckin basically um, uh, rules today, I think she's prepared to rule. She has both, she has both sets of documents in front of her. The, the, she has the, uh, the initial uh, motion from the prosecution regarding the protective order, so the requested protective order, the reaction to that, the demurrals, the no, we don't want it this way, we want it far more open, and, and she has considered both, and I believe she's going to have a reaction to that today. She's going to set the ground rules for Donald, okay, and, 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 the, and the defense. 
here, here, here's what they can do. Here's, here's what you may or may not do with the information coming in. If you, now, now that this will be a rule of the court, okay, if you, if you break that rule, you are in contempt of the court. You are showing contempt for a specific rule set forth by the court that defines your action. You are not surrendering your First Amendment rights. You are not having, you are not having them diminished. You are not having them removed. You may not claim that your First Amendment rights are being removed because you have rights only as per the court permits them to you because before you are anything, you are a defendant in a criminal trial before this court, and you do not have unfettered First Amendment rights to lie, to demean, to misinform, to influence jurors, to humiliate or otherwise scare witnesses. You don't have the right to do any of that. And if the order is written in the way these orders are written constantly, day in and day out, with criminal drug people and everything else and the way these things are put together, it will be highly restrictive of what the defendant can say. Now, the defendant says, well, you know, I'm, I'm different. I, no one gets to restrict me. Hell, I'm really still the president. Yes, but that's, that's not how the judge's order... The judge's order will not reflect that fantasy, you see. That, that's, that, that's not in the real world. And, and again, I, we, we, we can't flash forward here. I can't know what's certainly on next Tuesday's show we'll be talking about this, but I can't talk about it now. But clearly the judge's order will be far more restrictive. And no amount of screaming and jumping up and down and saying they're taking it. Obviously the easiest, well, it's always the easiest route. There's nothing subtle. There's nothing, there's nothing deeply complex in the way Donald attempts to jury influence and witness tamper and to basically guide by the nose the people who will give him money within, within the MAGA base. He has to make it simple and readily comprehensible. So yelling and screaming, they're taking away my First Amendment rights, is a very reasonable, well, within, within, the, within the world of, 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 of surreal Trumpism, but it's, it's, it's what one would expect him to declare to his followers. And, and it's an easy thing to grasp. It's completely wrong. It is not how the law works. It has nothing to do with that. He, as a defendant under the control of that court, the district court in Washington, D.C., must obey the rules of how he discusses the evidence in his case. This is not First Amendment, I can say whatever I want, lie about whatever I want, put it out there. No, that is not the predominant situation. If you wanted it to be the predominant situation, then the suggestion the logical suggestion is you should never have become a defendant in a criminal case, much less three times, much less a fourth coming up most likely next week under Fannie Willis, who you are threatening right now with ads that you're running in Georgia. And of course, being Donald, you're going to double down and triple down and quadruple down. When someone says you can't do something, you not only do it, you do it worse than you did before. You will quickly, quickly 
challenge any order of any court regarding your capacity to speak or not speak. You will quickly put it to the test. You will dare, dare someone to do or to take action against you based on an order that you don't believe applies to you because you're above the courts, you're above all of this, and it's your, well, let, let's be honest. It's your only way of getting any amount of sleep at night if you're not scared to death because any one of these cases could put you in jail for the rest of your natural life, your unnatural mindset. But your, your natural life could be spent in jail. And certainly the cumulative effect of all these cases is that you would never see another minute of freedom for the rest of your life. Or you, you would be under some form of restriction. You might be under house arrest. I, I, I don't know how this would work out. Uh, you, you would, maybe would you be kept at Mar-a-Lago? Would, would Mar-a-Lago, in essence, become sort of a prison visiting location? Would you be ankle bracelet, braceleted uh, on, on the grounds of your estate? Would you be able to afford that estate? Would there, still be, would there still be people willing to associate with you, go there, once you are a convicted felon? Would people essentially be going there to see you? Would, would, would the implication be that they are cavorting, that they are attempting to curry the favor of a convicted... Will, will people really, really want to hang out with you more once you're a convicted felon? Will you have the supporters that you have now? Will the people who are in jail be any kind of a bellwether to others that hanging with you and doing things on your behalf is not exactly the safest course for a happy, long-term life of freedom, enjoying the blessings and liberties available to us in the great United States of America? Do you feel that, be, that being convicted is going to amplify your popularity with the people around you? Do you think that you will become more of the image of, I want my kid to be like Donald. I want, I want to end up like Donald. I want to do what Donald is doing. I have to, let's, okay, folks, let's get together and we're going to pull down the bars of the prison and we're going to break them out or we're going to somehow find a way to get the ankle monitor off of him. What do you imagine would happen, Donald? Donald imagines all of this. He'll never say it. He knows exactly how horrible this situation, this situation can become. His followers, in his way of handling things, can't be allowed to think about that. All they could think about is the grievance. All they could think about is the anger. All they could think about is the sense of this is our last chance to preserve something uh, in Donald's image that he calls America, and we have to give him all of our money, all of our support, all of our hope and love, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Otherwise, it all goes away. That is fantasy. That is the worst kind of fantasy. And it's today, today will be the first time that that fantasy will be 
officially brought under control. Yes, yes, as as terms of under the terms of his uh, previous two indictments, he was told specifically, "Do not threaten. Do not this. Do not do that." In general terms, he went ahead and has continued to break those terms. But now there will be today a specific order of a judge very particularly and very, very finitely defining the boundaries of his behavior, the limits of what he can say about what, to whom, during the preparation phase of this trial going forward. And based on this order, if he denies it or defies it, he will be in contempt of court. We've said this on prior shows. Understand something. That defiance of an order, contempt of court, is met with, and, and, and if a judge is going to maintain control over a trial, it must be met with some form of sanction. Sometimes it's money up front, other times, and, and other times it will be per a defined set of, of reactions. Now, it, it could be today that the judge says, if you break my order, if you mess around with information, if you start communicating what you're not supposed to communicate, if you lie, if you start putting this out in a way that I determine is designed to either uh, frighten or humiliate witnesses or basically to, to sully a jury pool that we would try to put together, make it impossible for a jury pool to be put together because you're lying out there and putting out an unfair balance of information. You don't have a First Amendment right to do this anymore, by the way. You are a criminal defendant. That's the system. If you wanted to have your First Amendment right, you shouldn't have become a criminal defendant. And to do that, you shouldn't have done the things that got you indicted. Oh, it's an unfair indictment. Read the damn indictment, people, okay? And figure out how unfair it is. So I'm looking after this for what, not only what the, what the expressed restrictions are, but what the list of sanctions will be if those restrictions are ignored or violated by the defendant. Now, I think... We, we need to go a step further here. And, and you'll be hearing, I think, before the day is out, This again, this is Friday the 11th of August. You're going to hear, I think there'll be a story out today about uh, uh, the possibility that Joe Manchin is again talking about the possibility as running as a third-party candidate. And I don't know, there'll be something that means invariably there'll be something about Robert Kennedy Jr. will come up and, and Democrats will start wringing their hands and gnashing. Oh, my God. Oh, no, this is going to destroy the whole thing. We're 15 months from the election. Think of something. Think, th think hard on this. Try to think about this. Two days ago, or was it three days ago, there was a vote that took place in Ohio. Middle of the week, middle of August, middle of vacation, in the dullest, dullest political season you can imagine, the most off-season or off-time period uh, thing to do anything political. And the Ohio legislature, and Ohio is a thoroughly red state now, but the Republican-controlled Ohio legislature tried to slip through 
a new rule as part of some kind of referendum, I think it was a referendum, and figured it would get by without much going on. And the referendum would have made it necessary that if, if the people of Ohio wanted to put a ballot issue on their, on the, uh, up for vote, in other words, the people say, we want this, and we want there to be a vote on this. And the way Ohio is set up, and most states are set up, you need a majority of the voters to want a ballot issue raised. It would be a 50, you know, 50% plus one, I guess, basically gives you uh, the right to run a ballot issue. Now, the ballot issue in this case would be, of course, uh, this was involving uh, abortion rights. And the people of Ohio not wanting the hyper-total restrictions that the Ohio legislature, in its rush to pander to the base or whatever it they, whoever and whatever they think they're pandering to, in this continuation of the insanity of the Dodge decision, the, the, the elimination of Roe v. Wade, the, the supposed holy grail of, of all conservatives, whatever were conservatives in, in the past, this 50-year this battle to finally take away women's rights, th this, this would basically prevent, the way the Republicans were setting it up, it would take 60% of the populace to basically uh, get a ballot issue on, uh, on the next election to vote one way or the other. 60%. It's always been 50%, forever. But now the Republican, no, no, it'll be 60%. And this way, we don't think you'll be able to get 60% to get it on there. We can't go much higher than that, but, but basically, essentially, that should prevent the possibility of even getting a referendum on the abortion issue that we have already th pushed through the legislature, getting people to basically, in a referendum, decide whether or not they're willing to accept that. There should have been a very small turnout. It's the middle of, it's middle of August, it's, you know, uh, kids, are, kids are on vacation, people are starting to think about Labor Day not too far down the road there, let's get in whatever vacation can, time we can, everybody, if you can be out of town, you'll be out of town, there's a billion other things to do, let's go swimming, let's go, you don't want to go and vote someplace, you know, in, in the beginning of August. Well, they did. More than three million Ohioans came out and voted in this special election. And when the votes were counted, which was virtually immediately, it was found that by 14 percentage points, the people of Ohio said, no, 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 no. We're going to keep the development of a referendum, the, the creation of a referendum, will be possible when 50% plus one of Ohioans decide it's going to go on the next ballot. And this is all about abortion rights. Everybody knew. There's no, uh, geez, you know, I'm not sure why this whole issue is coming up. No, everybody knew. This is about one thing and one thing only because the Ohio legislature was trying to prohibit people, the people 
of Ohio in this on these red state this red state of Ohio from saying we don't want the restrictions that you've put out there and in every other state where abortion is every red state where excessive abortion rules have gone into place and ballot ballot referendums have been held where an issue referendum has been held the pro choice forces have won every single time they have defeated what would appear what would have appeared to have been the obvious advantage the obvious desires of the red state. How else could it be a red state? Everybody must be in favor of crazy conservative crap, right? Well, apparently the answer is wrong. No, people are not. People are not in favor of that crap. Somehow, somehow there is stuff that's being shoved down America's throat in a way that is basically the, the tyranny of a minority. That's what we're sort of suffering from right now. And what we're going to watch, what we're going to observe as we move deeper into Trump time, and unfortunately it's gonna be, I, I, I've surrendered myself to the notion that we're gonna just be talking about Donald because this is, this is about Donald. And it's what he's done in this country and the lies that he's spread and what people are willing to believe and do in his name. As we move deeper into that, we're going to realize the falsity of what he basically is saying. People, if, if you don't recognize the implications of that Ohio vote, let, let, me, let, me, let me give you a little more on that. Okay, in Ohio, four, by 14%, people said, in essence, and, they, and this, is, this is really what they said, we are going to knock out the abortion restrictions that you put in there. There are a couple of more steps. But four, by 14%, the Republican legislator essentially was kicked in the ass. They were slapped down. Their desire to go ahead and just take whatever they want and basically shove it down Ohioans' throats in terms of reproductive rights of women were shot down by 14 percentage points, points at the polls. That was in a very hyper-red state and in every other red state where this has come up. People have been shot down. It ha it's happened in Kentucky. It happened in Alabama. It, 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 this, is, this is happening all over the damn place. What do you think the implications of that are for the upcoming presidential election? Just, just, just stop and think for a second. A red state with a blue-red issue, and, and, and it's Democrat-Republican issue, the whole abortion thing. The abortion thing is something that the conservative, what, but I can't say conservative, the, the, the extremist Republicans, they're not conservatives in any sense of what I grew up in understanding what a conservative was. The extremist Republicans want it all their way, and the way they'll do that is by taking away everybody else's rights in an extreme way. In other words, there's no question. It's gone. You don't have, oh, you had it for 50 years, you don't have it now. But every time it is tested by the people, 
one would imagine it shouldn't if if a place is red and and they're voting red and they're and they're they're all talking about Trump and and all, shouldn't the people shouldn't the people kind of go red on what would appear to be the reddest of issues abortion and the people go in exactly the opposite direction in a non gerrymandered statewide election they are going in that direction can does it occur to you that just take abortion if the abortion issue now is amplified and pushed going into the presidential election and and the reality that these people you point to the republicans these people want to take away your right to reproductive rights of women. And if you vote for a Republican for Senate and certainly for president, that's exactly what you're doing. Now, you've already told us with your vote in August of 2023 that that's not what you want. Well, you'll get a chance to say it again, and you better say it because if you thought that, if you thought there was a shot of someone taking away your rights in 2023, you put this clown this thrice four times indicted probably convicted once or twice you put this criminal you put this you put this incarcerated sob you put this guy with at least an ankle bracelet on for the rest of his life you try to put that guy back in to the presidency and you are giving a, you want to talk about giving away america donald trump for all of his bravura for all of his yelling and screaming, for all of his threatening, could not be in a worse position. The, 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 the idea is to get us all, get, get rational people to imagine that somehow he is above four indictments Four potential jail times for life. That no, it it won't touch me. I'm gonna I'm gonna get. We're all being asked to live his fantasy, and that he is the last thing between the people and the deep state out to get them. You know the weaponized deep state. It's a fantasy. It's insanity. It's not real. Donald is in the worst position anyone in this country could possibly be, possibly the worst position anyone has ever been in, in this country. You don't want to be Donald. You don't want to be in his legal situation. You don't want to, you don't want to have whatever it is Donald has. You don't want to be as tough and mean and nasty and powerful as Donald because he's not. He has nothing. He has fantasy. He doesn't have the law on his side. He, the law is going to take him down. All he has is the potential for an even bigger insurrection. Now, do you want to bank on that? Listen to me. Trump fans, MAGAists, are you willing to bank on a bigger insurrection 
to basically bring him back into power when he loses this time? Do you really think his convictions are going to raise the specter of even, my God, they've convicted Donald. Oh, my God, we've got to put him back in the White House. Do you really believe that is the, the probable course of events? Are you out of your mind? The answer, yes, you are. But, but not because you're bad or just stupid, because you've been allowed to get yourself emotionally committed to somebody who doesn't deserve your commitment. Donald is in deep, deep, deep doo-doo. He is going to be convicted. He is going to be sentenced. He will not be able to serve as president under the best of circumstances. For, from a jail cell? What are we talking about here? How, how, how nuts do we have to be to imagine this guy being back in the White House from where he is right now, finding his way? There is no rational. You want to talk about real world, there's no rational path. All that's left to him is to cheat lie, steal, basically influence, and that begins, the process of that being shut down begins today. And if he defies the order of Judge Chuck, and however that order is worded, and it will include him not doing much of what he's already doing right now, if he defies that order, the judge will be compelled to sanction him per whatever the rulings are, however she says sanctions will work. It could very well wind up being he finds himself in jail. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Donald is in the worst situation possible. Stop wringing your hands and gnashing your teeth, but do not for a moment let down your guard. Do not for a moment assume that this guy will do anything, anything. And we must be as forceful and as united as we possibly can. Don't worry about Joe Manchin. Worry about Donald Trump getting back in the White House. That is the goal. You keep that SOB out of there. That is what stands, we are what stand between Donald and the sanctity of our Constitution. We are the protectors. He is the onslaught. Not this false storyline that he puts out there. Keep that in mind, please. Keep that in mind. We're going to have... David joining us in just a moment. I think it's, this would be a very good time for a, a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You're listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. You know what comes next. It's Friday. I've predicted this uh, for all sorts of time on the first part of the show this morning. No need to go any further than to say, David, what's on your mind? Uh, well, there's a good amount of stuff, um, and if you want to know you, more, you can follow me on Twitter at Faces Ideas New. Um, yep. So let's talk about uh, uh, Trump real quick. So sure. he got his third indictment. He was talking to the judge, and the judge is like, "Hey, you know, you can't. We're we're gonna let you out on uh, bail, and then but there's stipulations for it." And then Trump proceeded to threaten. And I, I don't know how to express this in, in, in a way that isn't hyperbolic, but literally every part of the justice system. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He uh, he started with the veil of, uh, you come after me, uh, I'm coming after you. He started with, um, he went after Mike yeah, Pence. Yeah, he, he is in total violation of the... Of the order, as it, well, it wasn't an order. It was it was the stipulation that was made. Today we get to see what the order is going to be. But go on, yeah, he's in, but he's in total violation of what was said in the court during his arraignment. Right, and then his lawyer said, "Oh, we can't respond to this on time because I have to go do all of the Sunday shows." 
Yeah, and, that's it's rough when you have to do Sunday shows as, as a Trump attorney. Yeah, that's got to be rough. And I think one of them, they basically just admitted that he did it. Um, I, I forget because there's so many lawyers for so many cases and they're all kind of garbage. Um, yeah. That occasionally they just were like, yeah, you know, he did the thing where he won. Oh, it might have been when he was on Fox. He said, yeah, you know, if they went back and changed the electors, like, what's the big deal with that? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. You know, you choose choose your electors. You know, you choose your shirt, choose your tie, choose your electors. What the hell? Yeah, so it looks like next week we're going to get Georgia, and it might be more than just Trump. Because, like, the Georgia one, and this is the, the, the thing to remember with the Georgia one, is it wasn't, like, right after the recounts. It wasn't right after the election when they were doing recounts. No, he did it in January. Yeah. Like, they had already counted, recounted, hand-counted, and sent in their electors. And and all of the lawsuits that involved Georgia had already been decided against Trump. Yes. So all of that had happened. Um, now, he's still going to be the Republican nominee uh, because he, they, they it's, like, not even close. Like, the great hope of Ron DeSantis is just flatlining. Um, I, there was a recent poll that had him uh, behind Ramaswamy. I think there's a New Hampshire poll that has a tie with Chris Christie. Uh, I mean, it's over for him. He's going to go back to being little, Florida's little dictator. Yeah. Um, and For as long as that, that lasts. Yeah. yeah. And that's like what he's doing because last week he removed another uh, attorney general because he didn't like their politics. Now, to be clear, this person isn't corrupt. Um, their argument is, oh, you know, she had uh, two less uh, – she let somebody out after, and they went out and murdered somebody even though that person was set on bail and then paid the bail, which is not a thing she controls. But it's basically like, oh, I don't like how she's doing her job or for her, her politics, so I'm going to fire her. Yeah. Um, yes, nice. Yeah, one, sure. she's an elected official. Two, he did this already, and the court being dead, unconstitutional. Yeah. They said, you can't do this. You have to reinstate this guy. I don't know if they, he ever reinstated that guy either. Um, uh, but yeah, this is the uh, the thing he's doing. And then the uh, the little Florida college that he let uh, Christopher Rufo of, uh, Christopher Rufo of, uh, I'm going to make CRT toxic to everything, and then I'm going to do the trans panic as well. Um, he uh, basically took out gender studies of the college, which, you know, um, in a, a free exchange of ideas, what you want to do is have the government dictate what you're allowed to teach or not. Is, isn't that isn't that the definition of a free exchange of ideas? I I, I, I seem to have mis- missed something along the way. And then the other thing, I don't remember if we talked about this. Did we talk about PragerU last week? I don't think so. Go on. Okay. For those of you who don't know, PragerU popped up around... I think it was like 2006, uh, but it might have been later. And uh, it's it's run by Dennis Prager, who's this like right wing evangelical maniac. He, he's and this is not an exaggeration. He wrote two separate articles, basically why um, uh, a woman should basically uh, have sex with their husband even if they um, don't want to, or it's okay for him to like uh, physically force her to. So, I see. Um, I he, see. He, he's he's a lunatic. Um, PragerU is is not an accredited college. It's this crazy land far right indoctrination thing 
where they have they do have a children's section, but it's not it. And I still haven't been able to get an explanation from conservatives why it's not indoctrination when they they have cartoons for kids, but if a child sees a rainbow in a cartoon, they're coming for them. <laughs> um, it's a good. Anyway, it's, it's it's a fair question, a very fair question. Some of the kid stuff is uh, Frederick Douglass saying, "Hey, you know, slavery wasn't that bad." We have uh, climate denialism. We have uh, um, Christopher Columbus saying, look, these people are all savages. You know, I did the right thing type stuff. Um, and then this is a deleted video, but you can go find it online. And this is this is like not an exaggeration. They literally had a video saying um, Robert E. Lee wasn't the bad guy because he like knew George Washington. Oh, oh OK. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's now allowed, like, considered an accredited source in Florida. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. I cannot even think of a left-wing comparison to it. Like, maybe the Gravel Institute, but I don't know what they have for cho- – like, it is uh, – <laughs> like, if, if anything close to a left-wing Prager you existed, it would be – Every week would be outrage over it. Of course, it, it, of course, of it, like, course. But you know, hey, it, this is more, um, you know, non-indoctrination of your children. Of course, of course. <laughs> and then uh, we got Greg Abbott. Ah, good old who's, Greg, uh, who's uh, installing um, blades onto his uh, his death buoys because, um, yeah, the the drowning people isn't enough. We have to. Uh, we have to create saw inven- literal saw inventions yeah. to uh, deter the migrants because that's a thing. Um, also, I want to remind people, like, these people are going to be coming because of climate change and a whole bunch of other reasons. The answer isn't just keep everybody out and, th- and throw them all out. We actually do need to fix the immigration system. Oh, and yeah. There is no Republican plan to do that. Like, we're they're closer to putting just automatic turrets on the the border than they are to some type of comprehensive uh, immigration. Well, you and, I, you and I both know the answer to why. It's, it, it always seems to play better. Uh, if, if it's a total mess on the border, that seems to play better for the Republicans than for the Democrats. The Republicans, for some reason, have been able to blame Democrats for messes on the border, even when they're Republican uh, predominantly Republican-generated messes on the border. It's just, well, the, yeah. It's, one, because they're graded on the Dr. Scanlon. Two, it's easier to build up fear to do things than it is to, um, like, to fix it. It's also, yeah. like, even even their, their educated uh, thought leaders um, are terrible. So, like, in Congress, the ones who you look at are, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates or Lauren Bobert. Like, they're the popular ones. There's no, like, like the closest one to a serious, like, kind of legislator would be, um, I guess, either Thomas Massey or Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. And they think Dan Crenshaw is a rhino, and Thomas Massey is kind of crazy. Um, but, like, even the ones that they have writing for them in, like, these papers, they're, they're just Nazis. Um, there was a uh, ProPublica piece about Richard, I think his name is Hanan, he, who just is, like, just spouting eugenics and... Um, like white identity politics stuff. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, you know, it's okay that he had these ideas and now he's just, you know, 
still spouting them. And then immediately Elon Musk is like, I'm going to fault that guy. Yeah. Because that's like where Elon is today. Um, I really do hope he fights Zuckerberg because it's going to be very funny. When what he gets what is it? You know, I, I, I just can't, I keep picking this up peripherally. I, I, I kind of it comes into my brain and I'm seeing something. Are these two assholes actually talking about a physical fight? Is this what they're talking well, about? Well, they were. But the first time Elon's mom said, no, you're not allowed. to do it, <laughs> Now he's talking about getting surgery so he can do it. But, like, I don't think they're... Because he's got to know he can't win this. These people like, are insane. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous that this, this lunatic has so much power. Um, but, like, like even the, the... Like, Twitter needs to be investigated. Which, speaking of which, Jack Smith asked for old uh, Trump tweets. Um, yeah. And people are like, well, this is government censorship. I was like, I'll remind you... That when Modi was running his election, he was like, hey, Twitter, don't let my opponent post. And they're just like, sure thing, Modi. This is true. This is true. Like, they're, they're, they're more than happy to comply with, with foreign governments. Uh, they have a problem with America. Uh, and, and Elon has a problem with authority generally. And this, and this preaching of the first, every time somebody is told to do something that they don't want to do, somehow the First Amendment now has been expanded to uh, allow criminal activity and defiance of court orders. And all of that is covered under the First Amendment. And it's a crock. But of course, that's easy, it's, it's easily absorbed by the base who doesn't know any better and I, I would just I would just make the point to anyone listening the First Amendment does not cover your right to ignore a court order or to basically commit criminal activity that is not it's not a permission slip for that let's get that straight well speaking of uh, court orders and uh, and the base not knowing anything they're uh, they're still trying to well actually I think one of the representatives is going to introduce articles of impeachment tomorrow but I don't know who he's going to do it to uh-huh. because I think they're still out of, on recess until September. Um, yeah, it, it would be basically to it's it's to the court of public opinion. Just throw it out there, let it marinate uh, in the in, in you know in in MAGA world for a while, and uh, nothing. It'll go nowhere. But that's that's not important. What is important? Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let's be clear on this stuff. So, Comer also said that I think he was going to try to get Biden and Hunter to testify. Ah, good. Yeah, things yeah, going yeah, on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Whenever they ask Comer what the, the crime is, he like hems and haws. He's like, eh, you know, it's peddling influence. It's like, can you prove that? It's like, yeah, maybe. Um, they have nothing. Like, of course they don't. They, and every week they produce another thing, and it turns out to be nothing. Because now the, the last one was, oh, by the way, the Biden administration – no, not the Biden administration. The Biden family made all of this money from all of these people. None of it we can tie back to Joe Biden. But um, – it's 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 enough to impeach him over his family like they they have nothing they're still on the devon archer testimony even though um, it contradicts the things that they said it does um they they still it, it's nothing like they cannot they're just going to keep riling themselves up over this nonsense um and they're not going like look i don't know when they're going to have time to impeach him because they have to shut down the government yeah, um, yeah, they have. That's right. That, that, and first things first. I mean, really, you know. And and if you shut yeah, down the government, you can't have a you can't have an impeachment with a shut down government. So they got to shut down the government. Yeah. And it, like this is the, the the other thing. Like you want to talk about why the credit rating is going down. It's in partially because to do political instability because they have no plans. 
Like, I cannot tell you any piece of legislation that they passed that helped a single thing. Remember, they were going to get your gas prices down. They were going to get uh, inflation under control. They were going to, I don't even remember what other, to make the, the, the moon turn to cheese. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, okay, so inflation has been going down. Yeah. Uh, gas prices are going up partly because it's costing more for people to use the gas to heat their homes and stuff or cool their homes. But like, what, what did they do about that? Like they they bitched a moment, but they didn't change anything. Like they, they, are you telling me defunding the IRS? Stop that, or or what about protecting the gas stoves? Or I I don't even know. Like none of it makes any sense. It makes it makes sense to the base maybe because it it smells and and it reeks of grievance and anger and somehow reinforces the notion that we uh, that that we are protected by Donald and 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 the Republicans are doing Donald's bidding in Congress because it's and some I, I, I don't know. There's no logic to it. It's all emotion. There's no productive uh, endpoint. There's no concrete uh, goals or, or 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 implementable changes. There's certainly nothing that that's done or even projected to be done for the betterment of the entire country. It's always, always, always a political consideration, and there ain't nothing there. And and frankly, I think that most of the country. And including, I think, a lot of Republicans get it. You know, it's bullshit. I mean, it's all bullshit. Not even yeah. attempting to hide it. But why would you? Because they don't. They don't care. Oh, uh, because you got Fox saying things like um, they had a. Uh, I don't remember who it was was talking to Jesse Waters saying that um, that actually Joe Biden going on to do an interview with the Weather Service was a secret code. <laughs> To all of his, um, this is this was a real thing. It's a secret code to all of his, uh, his and um, Hunter Biden's business partners because that's ah, all they talked about ah. during the, the uh, that's what Devin Archer said. Was it, it does, was, didn't it also tip off the people in the underground under the pizzeria who were basically moving the uh, the uh, the kidnapped babies on behalf of Hillary Clinton? I think she received they received a code also in that. I mean, well, no, you well, know, Hillary Clinton's fine now. She's beautiful, Hillary. Um, <laughs> but like the uh, the other one is, and this is this is real. Uh, Hunter uh, Joe Biden. Um, Saying that the Grand Canyon is a like a national monument and you have to limit um, mining on it uh-huh. is actually a gift to Kazakhstan. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, David. Oh, David. I, I, I gotta be honest. I am, and I said this in the first segment of the show. Besides how much I was looking forward to hearing you, as I do every Friday, but I'm looking forward to hearing the judge's order today. Uh, based on the um, the protective order that was requested by the government, the response to that that came in from the Trump team. And today she is going to lay out exactly what the parameters are for the what can be done with the evidence that the government is about to hand over to the defense. And as part, and, and I realize, you know, in all of his indictments, so all three indictments so far, there's always the standard thing: do not, do not say something bad, do not say something nasty, do not blah blah. And Trump immediately 
breaches each one of those conditions and has, and he continues to do so. But today is going to be the first time that a what, what I would call a reactive order is basically being issued by a judge. A judge is going to say, okay, I've seen reaction to, so far to the initial indictment. We've watched what happened since the arraignment. Based on your behavior, sir, here are the restrictions. They'll be that much more specific. And there will be sanctionable and, and uh, activity, and there will be sanctions applicable to performing a certain way. This is the day. Today marks the day when, if, if this judge is serious, what Donald does going forward, and of course he's going to double down and he's going to defy her, now there has to be, okay, what the hell are you going to do about it? And that's coming up very, very, very soon. The judge is going to have to react, and, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. And I have a feeling that by the time you and I speak uh, next Friday, uh, we'll have something along the lines of, did you see how she slapped him down when he blah, blah, blah? But I don't know. First, we have to see what her order is today. And I think it's going to be a, a reasonable one, given, given the nature of the crimes that he's alleged to have committed. And then we'll see what happens the moment he goes ahead and breaks that order. David, people are going to be listening to you talking about this uh, during the week also. Where can they hear you? Uh, Twitter, I face ideas now. Okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more from you, certainly between now and next week, and, uh, and next week again. And uh, looking forward to uh, hearing the judge's orders that will be coming down, I think it's sometime this afternoon. Um, should be curious. Uh, this is why they play the games. This is why we're in this. There's nowhere to go but to basically follow through. I believe you could not be in a worse position than Donald Trump is in right now. But, of course, his job is to convince everybody else in the world that he's in the best position. Reality will come through. Reality will come through. Just as uh, the opportunity to sit back and think about all this invariably occurs just about now on a Friday. And we tend to do that with a little jazz.
listening to Central Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Donald Trump is in a position to lose worse than Mike Dukakis did in the second Reagan election. He could lose 45 or 46 states. Right now, he would have his followers believe that he is invincible, that no one can touch him. But it's all going to keep coming crashing down. Don't believe the fantasy. Believe the rational reality. Oh.